Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We've reached uh, John chapter 8, which is a uh, one of the best-known, probably, passages in all of Scripture, one of the most poignant, one of the most personal, one of the most profound. I don't know where all these P's are coming from, but I take them anyway, right? <laughs> so let's look at it, because uh, there are some serious things here for us to consider and for us to live for them. John chapter 8, verse 1, begins with this. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. If you'll remember the, the previous chapter, chapter 7, the last verse said, and everybody went home. So everybody went home, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. And that tells us some things right there. Jesus himself says, you know, the birds have nests, foxes have hoes, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He would go to the Mount of Olives, and he spent the night there. He spent the night outside. He lived under the trees there. Okay. How would we describe somebody like that today? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, we'd call him a homeless person, right? And Jesus acknowledges that. He tells us that the Father takes care of us. Father took care of him, watched over him. But that particular night, he spent it in the Mount of Olives. Now, verse 2 says this. Early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people were coming to him. And he sat down and began to teach them. So you remember that Jesus had a very um, intense, shall we say, encounter with the Jewish leadership, uh, with the, the crowds, with the uh, masses of people about who he was and what he was saying and the fact that the Jewish leadership wanted to kill him. So now instead of fleeing, instead of running away, he goes to the Mount of Olives. He comes back early the next morning. He comes back before there would even have been people there. Well, why does he do that? Well, he comes back to where he can continue spending time with Father. The people start coming in. He sits down and he teaches them. And, you know, we, we rarely consider this, but what did Jesus teach them? You know, what was it that he was teaching? He was teaching them the things of the kingdom of God. And he would uh, use scripture. Now, at this time, the scripture he was using was what? The Old Testament. And I think that's something useful for us to understand because too often people think, well, we're a New Testament church. We're a New Covenant church. So all we need is a New Covenant. We don't need to know the Old Testament. We don't need to study the Old Testament. And nothing could be further from the truth. So he's teaching them. Verse 3 says this. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery and having set her in the center of the court, they said to her, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. And so while Jesus is teaching, here come the religious rulers, the scribes and the Pharisees, and they've got this woman with her. And the woman was caught in adultery. Not only caught, but caught in the very act. I think that through, okay? In the very act of adultery she was caught. Well, guess what that means? Here's the question I've got, which I've mentioned several times if you've been with us. <laughs> Where's the guy? If you're caught in the very act of adultery, that <clears throat> means there's two of you there. Okay? So where is the man? Also, if you're caught in the very act, act, and particularly the way this right here sort of fleshes itself out, it smells to me like a setup, you know? And so we don't know, we have, we, we're not towed at all. We don't, we just know that the man's not there. 
since he's not there, that means he's been released and he's been set free. I sort of believe it was probably one of the religious leaders themselves who offered himself up as a sacrifice for the sake of the cause, right? You know, that kind of thing. So anyway, they made a big deal of this thing that the woman was caught in the very act. So there was not going to be any debate over whether she actually did it or not. That type of thing. They bring her and they set her in the center. Okay, So Jesus is there. He's teaching. And he's teaching uh, the people. And they place her in the center of the court, in the center of this whole thing. So here's what they say, verse 5. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What then do you say? Do you see the assumption there? Do you see the presumption there? Do you see the hubris and the pride and the religious arrogance there? Let me read it again. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What then do you say? They were acknowledging the law because they knew the law. They believed the law. They would teach the law. They would do all these things about the law. They just didn't live the law. You see the problem with that. So they're saying to Jesus, we believe that you're going to say something different. We believe that you're against the law. That's what they're saying by this question. And so they phrase it in such a way that Jesus would have to say yes or no. And either way he went, in their mind, he was going to be entrapped by it. How do we know that? Well, verse 6 clarifies that. They were saying this, testing him, so they might have grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. Now, again, we have no idea what he wrote on the ground. You'll read all sorts of commentaries saying, well, it's believed that he wrote this. It's believed. We don't know. We're not told what he wrote on the ground. Okay? But we do know a couple of things. Watch his body language in this whole account right here. Okay? He was seated before the people teaching, which is the standard way the teachers did at that time. Okay, And now when he's confronted by these folks, apparently he had arisen up. He's standing, now he stoops down, and he's writing with his fingers on the ground. Now, is he thinking? Is he reflecting? I would think so. Is he waiting for Father to tell him what the answer is? I think that's definitely what was going on. Some of the uh, conjecture is actually quite cute, and it could be accurate. could be true. We don't know. Some say, oh, he's writing down the names of the men who'd also been with this woman. <laughs> well, maybe we don't know. Maybe he's writing down the sins of the ones that are accusing at the moment. Maybe, but we don't know. Verse 7 says this, but when they persisted in asking him, so notice that, they didn't just ask once. They pushed him. They pressed him on it. Okay, they kept saying, who is this? Who is, you know, what, what's the answer? So when they persisted in asking him, he straightened up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Let me read that again. He who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Now, our time's about up, so we're not going to be able to finish the account today. We'll pick it up again tomorrow. But I want you to think about this. <coughs> Excuse me. I want you to think about how Jesus responded. Now, we're going to get some insight into it as we go further along, okay, in what he says to them, what he says to the woman, et cetera, et cetera. But just think about this and reflect upon it. He gets asked this religious question that's seeking to set him up. And in the eyes of man, no matter what he says, it's going to be wrong, and they're going to be able to accuse him on some ground. 
But he just cuts through everything and says, okay, yeah, you're correct. The law is right. That's what the law says. So the one of y'all that does not have any sin, you get to throw the first stone. <laughs> well, how many among them were, was, were without sin? Yeah, exactly none. Could they have gone ahead and done it? Yeah. But then they would have been guilty too. Like I said, we'll pick this up the next time. Uh, this is in John chapter 8. Go check it out. Go read it. Uh, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for uh, being here with us, supporting us. Uh, if you feel like God's leading you to do that, uh, go to my webpage and you'll find some things that will help you know how to do that kind of thing, okay? Uh, in the meantime, I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.